Thanks, music team. So, yeah, good morning. How, how is everyone? Good? Good. Aaron's good? That's good. Um, right, this morning, um, we're going to continue on with Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy there about freedom, and um, we're going again at it. So, it's going to be pretty... Uh, pretty real I suppose this morning so I hope uh, that's, you, uh, that's good for you. We're looking at freedom from baggage. If you go to uh, chapter 32 of Genesis, Genesis um, is the first book in the Bible so just go to the start and you'll be there. Chapter 32 verse 22 to 32. Uh, we won't look at that straight up but we'll get there in a sec. We're going to look at uh, the story of Jacob uh, in, in the book of Genesis. And this, um, when you look at Jacob, see when he was, um, when Jacob was born, he was, there was two twins in the room, Jacob and Esau. And when Jacob was, uh, when Esau was born, he came out first out of the womb. And then, um, good to see Sean here. Need healing for those years, buddy. And uh, yeah, so Esau come out first, but uh, um, Jacob was holding, holding Esau's heel as he, as he came out of the womb. And Jacob, Jacob's name means holder of the heel or supplanter. And supplanter means to take the place of another as through force, force scheming, strategy or the like. So Jacob's name, he was named, sometimes he's called deceiver. Sometimes that's what his, his name um, is, is said to mean. And so even when he's in the womb, this is, he's like, Esau's getting out and he's like, no way, I'm getting out first. And he grabs his heel, he's like, no, no, I want that, I want that first place. And even when, when he's in the womb, he's trying to muscle his way to get that position of, of first position. And so... And this continues on in Jacob's life. So he, later on, when he's a bit older, because um, Esau's the firstborn, he gets this blessing. But Jacob wants to, wants to get that blessing. He's desperate for that blessing. So he, Esau comes back from hunting, and, or something, he hadn't got any food, and, and um, Jacob's got this stew, and he says, oh, if you give me your birthright, I'll sell you this birthright for this stew. And it was a lentil stew. Now, <laughs> I could understand if it was a nice vindaloo curry or something, but a lentil, he sells his birthright for a lentil stew. It hadn't even got any meat in it. So he was desperate. And, and, so, he, and so he gets this, deceptively gets this blessing off, off Esau. And, and, and then further on, um, Jacob... Is, 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 is getting old in, uh, sorry, um, Isaac, his father, is getting old in age and he's on the bed, uh, he's in the last, last episodes of his life, he's, he's going blind and um, they bring in, uh, you know, and Isaac, uh, sorry, Jacob comes in, his, his mother helps him out here a bit and he, he cooks um, this meal of meat because... Isaac is going to give Esau the firstborn blessing. 
but Jacob cooks this meat up and um, puts some um, like rug or something on his arm and, and goes in and, and says, oh, hi, I'm, I'm uh, Esau, you know, give me your blessing. And, and Isaac, oh, it didn't sound like Esau, but he must have been getting old because he doesn't recognise his son's voices very well anymore or maybe put on an accent or something. So he gets in there and, and sure enough, he wrangles this blessing out of, out of Isaac, his father. And then Esau comes rushing in later and says, and, and then Isaac realises and, and the blessing's gone. Esau's lost it. He can't, Isaac says, I'm sorry, I've already blessed, blessed Jacob. I'm sorry, there's nothing left for you. And so, well, he, he gets a different blessing, but he doesn't get the firstborn. And so, after this, Esau is pretty ticked off, as you can imagine, with Jacob, his brother, and he plans to kill him. He's going he's gonna, to, it's in his heart, he's, he's, he's angry at, at uh, Jacob and he wants, to, he wants to kill his own brother. And so Jacob gets wind of this and flees off to, this, to Haran. And on the way to Haran, Pastor Rob was talking about this at, at Heartbeat a couple of weeks ago, he has this moment at Bethel where he meets God. He's sleeping on this stone and he, and he sees the... Um, angels descending up the staircase and he has a moment with God and he says God I'm going to follow you um, he gives him a couple of little you know um, footnotes there of if you bless me and if if you do this and that and the other I'll follow you but he's, he's he sees God has a moment with God and then he from that point on he, he knows that God is real he's had his own personal experience his father was let's say a Christian he wasn't a Christian but his father was a, a faith man of God. And, but now Jacob has had his moment and he believes God too. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you haven't met God yourself. I don't know everybody here, but maybe you haven't had that moment of maybe you grew up in a, in a Christian home or with parents that believed in God, but you're like, you're not sure and you haven't had that moment yet when God when you've understood that God is your God as well as your mum and dad's, well, this morning, why don't you make that decision to say, God is going to be my God as well. I'm not just going to have secondhand faith. I'm going to have my own faith in God. And so, this, and so uh, Jacob has fled to um, his uncle Laban in Haran. And there he... See, and there he's met God, right? But then when he gets to Laban, his uncle, he's serving Laban, but he's still, in that, he's still deceiving. He's still wrangling to get his own, get, get stuff for himself. And so he, he says, I'll look after your sheep. And, and he says, I'll just take the spotted ones, uh, you know, off, off your hands. Like, that would be my payment. If there's, you, you keep the ones that aren't spotted. And so he starts to, and then the sheep come to the trough to drink and he puts out this poplar plant and strips the bark and makes it mottled. So the sheep look at it and then they give birth to mottled sheep, right? And so he's, he's building up these sheep. But it, the other thing is he doesn't do it all the time. He only does it when the healthy, strong sheep are there. When the weak, sickly sheep come in later, he takes, it, takes these branches out and they give birth to normal sheep. So it's like, yeah, my uncle, you get all the shonky sheep, 
all the you know, limping lame ones, skinny ones, but I'll make sure I get all these fat, strong sheep. So Laban, he's still, uh, Jacob's still, he's still deceiving and still, he's still wrestling with this character f- fault in his life, even though he's met God and, and, and he's, he's committed to following God. And so he amasses this wealth um, from his uncle and then he, f- and then he, flees, uh, he flees from his uncle and, and goes, goes back to live with his... He journeys back to go live with his father, Isaac. And so he's been a strategizer, a deceiver, a manipulator all his life, Jacob. And he needs the blessing of God. He wants, desperately wants the blessing of God. And that's not a bad thing. We all, we all want that. We want the blessing of God. We all do. We wouldn't be here. And God has blessed Jacob, but he doesn't feel blessed. There's still something that doesn't, he thinks, I'm not blessed in, in, in a certain way. And so God is, gonna, God is about to bless Jacob, and he does it in two ways. He blesses him, he changes the way he walks, and he changes his name. See, he was blessed when he, with his firstborn blessing from his father and he was blessed at Bethel when he met God. But he still doesn't feel blessed. There is still this baggage he's carrying around and he carries it everywhere he goes. He can't get rid of it. it, it even though he feels this blessing, he's like, he's still thinking, I strategized to get Esau's birthright. It's still going through his mind. I swindled Esau out of his blessing. I schemed to get all the good stock from my uncle Laban. I left Laban and, and without even saying a word. See, this, the baggage is what he keeps repeating. And it's, it's who he is. It's, his, it's what he's named. He was blessed, but he was desperate for a further blessing. And, and you could say it's, it's actually not really a different blessing. It's the completion of the blessing that he already had is what he was really after. And it can be the same with us. Um, It says in Ephesians that God has blessed us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So if if you're a Christian today, if you've said to Jesus, I'll make you my Lord, um, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. If you've committed your life to God, then this is yours. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. But sometimes you think, well, I don't feel that blessed, even though you are. You already have that blessing all, all over your life. It's on you. God has given it to you. But similar to Jacob, as we're walking through life, we think, I, I've had a moment with God. I, un, I know that God is real. He's my God and I'm walking with him. But there's still this baggage I've got that I, I can't get rid of. There's still this thing in my life that I, I wish was gone. I, I, don't, I don't want it here, but I, I seem to keep traveling to this same place and grabbing this baggage and bringing it at home with me. And... 
you know, it's like, it's like he, you know, he's traveling. You know, when you go traveling, you, you know, obviously you pack your bags and off you go and you get to your destination, come back. The thing about this is you, you collect your bags after you've visited the destination. You pack your bags full and, and it's like, you, you don't see it much, so much nowadays, but in the old, uh, bit, bit of, a few years ago, they'd have the, when they had those hard cases, hard suitcases, you know, they'd put the stickers on, you know, Tahiti or Paris or Rome, you know, Maldives. They'd put their stickers on everywhere they've been. And, but instead of that, Jacob's got this deceived Esau, manipulated my father, um, ticked off my uncle, got his good sheep. He's got those stickers whenever he visited those places. And so he's got this weight that he's carrying around. He's thinking, I wish I could get rid of it. And, you know, instead of, and it's similar with us, instead of humility, instead of the sticker saying humility after a situation or self-control or truthful or bold or patient, we get this sticker that says pride or easily angered or lied or timid or impatient. And so we come to church with these bags every week because we keep going to that destination in our life. Event will happen and we grab another sticker, a bit more baggage and put it in the bag. And we walk around with our head down thinking, I wish that this would change. And... and and we all want it to change. And, you know, Jesus is incredible. He's awesome. He, he, we, when we take those bags to him every single time, he said, how, how many times must I forgive my... Uh, Peter said how many, to him, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times. Jesus said, no, seven to, 70 times seven. He was saying, this is how I forgive. You forgive endlessly. Every time we come to Jesus with these bags, right, he'll, he'll unpack them. He'll chuck the gear out for us and throw the bag away. But wouldn't it be better if we don't actually go to that destination first? We won't have, have the bags to get rid of. We'll be light. Because when, when we go to those right destinations, Jesus is a light bag. We might carry an empty backpack there and we carry an empty backpack home. And so we have uh, a freedom from that baggage that we can pick up through our lives. And so the only, the, only, um, the only way that the completed blessing comes in areas in our life is if we s stop travelling to the destinations that collect, to collect baggage that cause the guilt and shame and regret. I mean, if you do something wrong, there's, you know, there's teachings out there that you, you, know, you shouldn't feel guilty it's not, guilt is just a, a natural response. If you feel guilt, then it's just your conscience thinking, I've done something wrong, and you take it to Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, so anyway, let's we'll keep moving on. If we, here, here it says, Dear friends, in 1 John 3, 21 to 23, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. So there's grace and more grace. But I don't know about you, and this is, this is something that um, we, all, we're all we all deal with, but I don't want to live my life with a, um, with a constant sin, confess, 
sin, guilt, confess. Sin, guilt, confess. Uh, throughout my life, I don't think Jesus has called us to that uh, at all. And so, we're called to be changed, to walk differently, to be changed from image to image. And Jesus is faithful and will walk us through it. He's not annoyed and fed up with us. If we have a sincere heart and are wanting to change, he's not annoyed and fed up at, your, at the struggle. And so, in Titus 2, 11 to 15, it says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of uh, the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that is very, are his very own eager to do what is good. And the way this comes about, um, it's not as, as um, clinical as just step one, two, three. I'll just read this, just read that self-help book and, and it's done. Or just listen to that seminar and it's fixed up in, in your life. It takes um, God dealing with us and staying engaged with God often over the long term or, or over a time. And so that was a big sort of introduction, but if we get to this, if we get to the story that we're talking about, Jacob comes to this crux point in his life. He's fled with everything he has accumulated, his wives, his flock, his stock, everything. He's fled Laban and he's at this point by the Jabbok River and he sends a message to Esau. He basically says, hey Esau, sends a message, let's catch up, let's, let's have a coffee. And, he, and Esau sends back this message, yeah, sounds good. I'm bringing 400 men with me. And Jacob goes, oh, hang on a minute. This guy's come to, coming to kill me. He's going to take me out. And so he, he's at this crux point by this river. And he says this prayer to God. He says, oh, Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I'm afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me as surely you will sure, I will surely treat you kindly and will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore, too many to count. So he, he, sends, he, sta he stages these gifts to send to Esau. He sends off these staged gifts behind each other. So they'll get to Esau, he'll get this gift, and then the next, and then the next, to try and appease the, the, the anger of his brother. And then if we read... It will go to the, the story now the, in Genesis 32, 22 to 32. It says, That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. 
Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with men, God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, Please let me, please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. And so Jacob is in this place. He's, he's, he's all alone. He, he's got rid of all his goods and, and, and family and everything. And he's desperate. He, he's, at a, he's at a crux point. Jacob's, in his mind, Jacob is coming to kill him. And so he voices this prayer to God. He says, God, save me from my brother Esau. And God hears that prayer, but God says, you know what? I'm going to save you from Esau, but I'm going to save you. I'm going to do over and above what you could think or imagine. I'm going to save you from Esau, but I'm going to save you from Esau for the rest of your life. I'm going to save you from creating that, that situation ever again. This blessing is going to be bigger than just a momentary um, get, deal with this situation and circumstance, in the midst of this, I'm going to do something incredible in your life. And so, um, and so this man, it's night, and this man comes, Jacob's sitting there, and this man just comes, approaches him to um, wrestle him. I don't know what happened, he was surprised, or... There's no, no words said, but Jacob just turns and grabs this guy and they just start wrestling, you know, and they're just wrestling, wrestling. All for, and it says they wrestle for hours, so all through the night they're wrestling. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like WWF. Who, who remembers WWF? Who used to watch that? Yeah, a few people. Who, who still watches it? <laughs> you know, there was... It wasn't like pole driver and then, you know, figure four and off the ropes and, you know, then clothesline and that sort of thing. It was like, I don't know if you've ever watched the um, wrestling, like the Turkish wrestling, where there's two guys and they're, you know, they get down like this and they're scoping each other out, you know, and then they'll grab each other. And, and the whole point of it is to wrestle the other person onto the ground and subdue him and get him into a point of, where he's subdued on the ground. And so God, and, and in Jesus in the form of a man, is wrestling. Jacob's wrestling God. Isn't that incredible? As a man, he's wrestling God, and he's actually wrestling his father, is what he's doing. And when, when I was a kid, we used to, me, me, me and dad and the other boys used to have wrestling matches on the carpet. And I, I used to love those times because it was a time, you know, it was just good to grab hold of da dad and like wrestle with him and, you know, and he'd, he'd sort of, he'd restrict his strength, you know, so that I, he, you know, I could sort of almost win and he'd be like, but he's, you know, I remember touching his arms and they were like steel arms. It was like, man, this guy's, wow. <laughs> and, and dad would, um, you know, we'd wrestle on that and, and it was, and it was, it was a good time. And look, you know, so God comes to wrestle Jacob, right, into a point of submission 
to, to, his, to God's ways. See, this is what Jacob's asking for. This is what Jacob, God is trying to bless Jacob, but Jacob is instinctively fighting back. And he, you know, he wants this blessing, but he's fighting against it. And, and we do exactly the same thing. God says, you've cried out for this blessing, but we, we, we wrestle against it. We say, no, I'm not going to submit to that. I'm not, my, will, my will is going to be stronger than that. I'm not going to submit to those ways. We, we, even though we want it, we fight against it. And this battle goes on inside us. And so, and, and you can think, you, you know, we go through that. I go through it. We go through it with different issues. And you think, can anything good come out of this time of wrestling with God? And, and obviously it's not good to resist the things of God and the will of God. But God can use even this time. He'll still redeem it for a good purpose. And we start to understand that God is willing to, he's willing to humble himself and, and be faithful and wrestle with me until he gets the job done. And we start to think, and we start to understand how strong God is. You know, he's immovable. He's not going to bend to my wants. He, he's going to say, no, I've got something better for you. You're going you're gonna to come into what, what I want for your life. And so we find ourselves in this wrestling match, his will and my will. And so, and, and so it goes on all night and they continue throughout the night. And, and the, man, the man who is God finds that he can't, he can't wrestle Jacob into a point of submission. And so, and, and so he, what he does, it says, is he touches touches Jacob's hip so he, he, they've been wrestling for hours and hours and hours and then he just goes like that just touches his, his hip muscle and his leg just goes pops out of joint and he's like he's, he's done the ga- game's over but Jacob Jacob doesn't he, he, he see God touches his hip he touches this and the this is the as you know this is the strongest part of your body this muscle God is saying, look, I'm, t- I'm taking away your strength. I'm taking away your ability to, to, um, to wrestle against me. I- I'm breaking your strength so that you can't continue to resist w- the ways that I want you to walk in. And his socket is popped out he's, he's, he, and he can't, he, he's, he's done now. He's, he's down for the count. One, two, three, he's, Jacob's out. And, and this is the first part of the blessing. But we, and, but we think, but this hurts, God. We think, how can this be part of the blessing? It hurts. What, why? It doesn't feel like a blessing, but it is a blessing. Because Jacob will never walk the same way again. Charles Spurgeon says, whenever God means to make a man great, he always breaks him in pieces first. Let's... Skip through to this one. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. Now, obviously, everything that we get dealt with, you know, some, some things are from Satan that we've got to just deal with and get out of our lives, but there is affliction and pain that comes to the believer, and, and, and God uses it to develop our um, submissiveness to him. And so... This, um, 
where Jacob was blessed by God merely by having faith in God, now he will experience the completion of that blessing by walking in the ways of God in his, in his most troublesome area of his character. And after Jacob, um, after he's, he's, uh, his hip pops out, he clings on to um, he clings on to God. His strength is gone. He, he's, he's weakened, but he still clings on. He doesn't let go. And, and God says, let me go. It's day, daybreak. And Jacob says, no, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. And then God says, um, and then God gives Jacob the second part of the blessing. So if you're feeling, God, why this pain? Why this difficulty? Cling on. Cling on. That, that's actually, we don't understand, but that's the first step of the blessing. And then God gives him the second part of it. He changes his name. He says, Jacob, what's your name? And he says, my name's Deceiver. And, and we, we could say, and, and if God asks us our name, sometimes we'd honestly say, look, my name's Liar. My name's Scared. My name's Greedy. My name's I Can't Stop Doing This. And to acknowledge that before God, he's saying, will you just acknowledge it? And then, and then God comes in and says, you know what? Your name was this or is this, but it's not going to be that anymore. He says, you were called deceiver, but you've wrestled with God. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with men and have overcome. So now, basically God says, you are de you're, you're a deceiver, you were a deceiver, but now you're called overcomer. He says, you're called overcomer. You're going to overcome these things. So instead of, instead of um, selfishness or greediness or whatever thing we struggle with in our character, you know, flying off the handle or whatever, he says, you're not called that anymore. You're called overcomer. You're called, to, you're called overcomer in all these areas. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to cause you to overcome. This is what people call you. This is what you call yourself. This is your experience. This is reality. And this is the label on you, but no longer. And then God, and so in, Roman, in Romans 8:37, yeah, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And only God. Only God can change our name. Um, only God can change our name. And so, the other thing about this name change is he, it gets spoken into his life there and then it gets, later on, Jacob goes back to Bethel and God reinforces it again and, and speaks it into his life afresh at Bethel and, and completes it. And, you know, and it's important that we continue to go back to Bethel after we first meet God, you know what it's like when you meet God, that incredible moment of one-on-one. -on -one. It's important we go back there because that's when he's speaking in that, that, that new... You, you're already called that, but he speaks it in, in, into those times when you're with him. He starts speaking it in so it's deep in your heart, deep in your spirit. In, in, instead of the other name, you have this new name, Overcomer, and you start believing it yourself. You start walking in it. Because, you know, in the, in, the, in the natural realm, people will label you by your actions. 
But, but God flips that around. He says, no, I'm going na- to give you a name and then you'll w- start to walk in that. You'll start, to, you'll start to change according to what I've called you. Calling things is not as, not as if they are. And he's, and he's saying to that, he's saying that to you this morning. You're an overcomer. Don't listen to the lies uh, of Satan anymore. And so after this event, there's no, there's no further record that I could find of Jacob deceiving anyone anymore. Uh, if we could get the music team back up. In James 1, 25 to 26, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So that's the b- completion of the blessing that God has for us. We're already blessed. And then as our actions and words and, ad- and things are changed into his image, that, that second, that completion of the blessing comes into our lives more and more. And I want that more and more each day. I don't know about you, but... And it says... Um, you know, during this event, when, when they're wrestling, it says that they wrestled all night until it was just about dawn. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a clean, it wasn't necessarily a clean process. And sometimes we can want our Christian walk to be all polished and neat and clean. But I can t- you, you see those wrestling matches, man, they're both sweating, they're both, they're rolling around on the dirt, they're, it's exertion, it's... There's, there's a difficulty there. There's a, there's a time factor involved. It's not a quick fix. And yeah, and he's wrestling him until daybreak. And you know what? It's almost daybreak. It's almost, it's almost the time when Jesus comes back. It's almost, the darkness is almost over. The light is almost here. He- heaven is just around the corner. And God says, you know, it's daybreak, let me go. And Jacob says, no, I'm not letting you go. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And you just have to cling on to God and say, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. In Romans 13, 12, it says, The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And, and, you know, I'm trying to do that myself. I'm in this process myself, as we all are. None of us have got to the point of being exactly like Jesus. If we were, then we'd be doing incredible, more incredible things. And so, um, you know, would, would you stand this morning? We'll just... Um, we're just going to... Um, commit you know what we've heard to God and just you know if you're a um, if you just close your eyes we're just going to just talk through a couple of things if you're here today and you're thinking I don't know God um, you know my parents dragged me to church or, 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 or this and that but I don't really know him personally then God is and you've this morning what you, what's been happening is just a stirring in your heart You've been stirred when the music's playing. You've been stirred even when I'm talking or Jimmy was talking. You've been stirred in your heart. And something is, and it's God. He's saying, would you, would you come to me? Would you, give your, would you give your heart and life to me? I, I want to bless you. Would, you. would you come into that place where I can, 
I can work with you and walk with you through life. And so if you're in that place this morning and you think, yeah, yes, that's me. I want to know Jesus. I want to begin walking with him. Then why don't you just raise your hand this morning and we're going to pray together uh, if you're in that situation. Just put it up high so I can see it. Okay, we're going to pray together. Would everyone else join in? We're just going to pray a very short prayer. I want everyone to join in as we pray this for the, um, for the uh, few people that have raised their hand. There's a couple of people here, two or three, that have raised their hand. So we're going to pr- all pray together, church. So just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I want you to help me. I want you to bless me. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that Jesus raised from the dead. And I take hold of what you have for me today. Help me never let go of you. Help me give a desperation in my heart to cling to you all my days until I see your character formed in my life in full completion. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, then you've done an incredible thing. Let's give those guys a hand this morning. Just find, find somebody after church. If you don't have a Bible, we've got them to give away, most definitely. Or if you need someone to pray with you further, then just ask uh, somebody, uh, myself or anyone on stage or Pastor Rob or, or Josh or Pastor Josh or you know, any, any of these guys, um, Jimmy, Aaron or, or um, uh, Joe, sorry, total mental blank. Um, if you're here today and, and you're thinking, yeah, I've got baggage, I brought baggage with me this morning and I want to let it go then we're, going to pray. we're just going to ask that you would just do what, whatever you need to do. Raise your hand and say, God, I want to be included in this prayer. And we're going to pray for you this morning. So if you need the name of God, you need his name spoken over your life. If you need his new name spoken into your life. If you need to continue uh, until you get that blessing. If you want that blessing and need it, then why don't you raise your hand this morning and I'll include you in, the, in this prayer. You'll be included in this prayer. So Father, we just thank you, Lord. All the, you see the hands raised this morning, Lord. You see the need of, of people, God, the desire to be blessed, Lord. And we just ask that every person that has their hand raised, Lord, you touch them right now. Lord, you'd begin to speak a new name into their life. Lord, you'd begin to cause them God, to walk in ways that I never thought possible. Lord, where they think, think it's impossible to get rid of this issue or this difficulty, God, we pray that you would do an incredible supernatural work, God, and that they would be, we would all be willing, God, to, to understand, God, that may, there may be some pain involved, Lord, but help us to, to cling on to you. Help us to keep wrestling. Help us to cling to you until we see the fulfillment, until we start to walk more and more in what you want. God, we just thank you for your blessing, God, on each of these lives, we pray that they'd have time with you, God, and you'd speak your grace into their lives. Lord, speak a new name, even this morning, God, as, as we're speaking right now, speak a new name into their, into their minds and hearts. 
Lord. Let him speak in overcomer. You are going to overcome. You will overcome. It might be a longer process. It might be a more painful process, but you will overcome. And Jesus, we thank you that you're faithful and just, Lord, to forgive us of our sins and, and, and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and make us into the people that you've called us to be. Lord, we believe that and thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope that is, um, has been a, a, a blessing to you and I pray that you take it with you through the week and, and, I'll, and we'll all take it with us through the week. And, for, and we're just going to ask, um, we're going to continue on with a bit of music in the background and we're going to ask uh, Ruth to come up and give the uh, announcements this morning. God bless you.